Hello and welcome to the Green Pole Podcast. We are back again tonight with yet another win, another three points. And most importantly, we beat the other lot from SW6. Kieran, Thibaut, how are you doing? I'm absolutely buzzing, mate, and I'm delighted to be back to to dissect um, a very historic win yesterday evening. Um, Yeah, absolutely buzzing, great win. And yeah, looking forward to it. You see, unfortunately, Thomas isn't here tonight for you to agree with. Um, so unfortunately, <laughs> or more so fortunately, we're joined by Mr. Crawford himself. Sam, how are you doing? Hello, mate. How's it going? Good, thank you. It's good to hear how's your the, voice. How's the, how's the head? My head is still attached to my shoulders, so we're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. <laughs> Today's yeah. been a long day. Yeah. Like I'm sure it has been for many of the listeners. Um, right. So, Thibaut. Yes. How, how good does it feel? 24 hours after yes. the uh, the it's derby been, win against Semla. It's been quite surreal, really. I mean, after after everything we mentioned in the preview, I think all, all everything positive happened, including my prediction. Um which uh, and and me guessing the goal scorer beforehand, just putting that out there. Um, but yeah, I think it was overall brilliant performance. Um, there was I couldn't really see anything that went wrong. Really, I mean, obviously we had a bit of fortune with the red card, um, straight red card, clear. Obviously, obviously no error there. Um, just a pretty <laughs> awful tackle from Jao Felix. Not a great debut for him. But at the end of the day, we don't really care because it's that lot down the road. So there we go. Um, but yeah. Willian, unreal. Um, Leno made some outrageous saves as usual. Um, and I think it was just 10 out of 10s all over the pitch. Um, and Marco Silva truly is a genius. And 16 years of hurt have never stopped any of us dreaming, but we've now written written another victory a victory into into the history books. So um yeah, and we and we face them again in a few weeks' time. What's what's not to love? Um, but yeah, absolutely buzzing. Brilliant win and Long may it continue. Oh, yes. Dan, come on. We know you're a, a fan of a few words. Sum it up for us. I'm a, fan of a, I'm a fan of a few words or I enjoy saying lots of words. Which one is it? We'll go for the, uh, the latter. <laughs> um, it, it was special, to be honest. Um, I didn't think we played as well as other people seem to think we did. I, mm. I, I felt like the occasion weighed heavily a little bit on our shoulders. Um, we were certainly sluggish compared to uh, compared to the squatters uh, in terms of the way they started. Um, but we, we improved and the character of this team really is quite something, I have to say, because I, I did feel the worst when it got back to 1-1 with the sort of jammy goal that that only they can score, really. And they, they specialise in um, against us, particularly. But uh, the, there was a lot of grit and determination. Um, and a lot of people who've been written off uh, came up with the goods. You know, apparently Tom Kearney's legs went about three years ago, uh, Al. And uh, he really tilted the game in our favour. And there's some Brazilian lad who, who plays up front. He headed in a cross from another Brazilian lad who was a waste of money. Um, 
I haven't heard a lot from any of those people who sent us lots of tweets decrying both of those signings um, uh, over the summer. Uh, but in, in all in all seriousness, the natural order in West London has been restored. Um, and I felt like we deserved it. Uh, it wasn't one of those scabby wins. Um, we, we, we played uh, right to the end. And Thibaut's absolutely right. You know, Bernd Leno made a few magnificent saves. Um, and, yeah, it was very special and I enjoyed it immensely, as you might imagine. <laughs> he was also caught on a BT Sport before the game, weren't you, Dan? Apparently, mate. Yeah. Uh, at the moment. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really, not really sure what was going on there because I think the viewing figures must have plummeted significantly once my ugly mug was on the television screen. But uh, mercifully, it wasn't for long. If Andy Warhol was sort of to to rephrase that moment, everyone's famous for about 15 seconds. TV TV viewing figures would have just shot up at that moment, Dan. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Your checks in the post, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do agree with you, Dan. Um, I don't think last night was one of our greatest performances. I think it was a professional performance where we had to dig deep, dig deep at times. Uh, toward well, halfway through the second half, when it was one-one, then they went down to ten men, which was a deserved red card. Um, I thought Felix actually played really well for them. Uh, don't like giving them any sort of you know positivity, but I thought you looked bright for them. Uh, but may... let's give uh, De- <laughs> Oh, I think we may have lost you there, Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, obviously, João Felix was probably their brightest player. Yeah. Uh, so I think we got a bit of the fortune really came with the red card. Um, I think it was a bit of a shock to the system for Chelsea. They had to readjust. They didn't really have many solutions to the, the problems they were creating for themselves. And um, yeah, um, in terms of the goal we conceded, um, I think I'm just continuing on from you, really. Um, I think it's just a bit of a lapse in concentration from us. Um, but the Mount free kick, don't have any problems with it. I mean, it was in, it was toward, it was in a dangerous zone. It was into the, whatever they call it, don't they call it like the the channel of um the channel of uncertainty or something? Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, it was gonna cause problems and then obviously it's a bit of a goal mouth scramble. So was, there's not much else you can really do in that sort of situation. Um just unfortunate that we, um it was too far over the line to be um not given. Um but overall um don't have any problems. Willian bit of, again bit of luck with the deflection but I think it was Goldwoods anyway. Um, and he, I thought he was superb for the entire the entire evening. Really, mm. um, many many people would say, "Oh, he's not world class," but I, I think he's a world class player, and he's really rolling back the years. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really pleased with the performance. And of course, as we'll, we'll probably mention later, Carlos Vinicius had a pretty pretty big game. Pretty, he had to step up, and a pretty big occasion it was for um, our Brazilian. Yes, um, just want to point out. Uh, for people that are listening uh, Dan Crawford's had to shoot off so he will no longer be on the podcast this is the first for the green pole Um, (laughs) as we mentioned in the last podcast we don't edit we don't change anything evidence of one take um, because it's just us talking Um, nature called well this is it nature's called he's had to to do a runner Um, perhaps he annoyed a few Chelsea fans last night and they're after him I don't know Um, (laughs) 
no, but I think over the course of 99 minutes or whatever it was, I think you took six minutes injury time. Not sure where that came from. Um, we ended up playing eight. I think it was, mm. but it was a professional performance. Uh, I suppose halfway through the second half, I would have liked to have seen, well, I was crying for Vinicius to come off actually, um, purely because I think pace was there. Pace was the key to win it because although I think Vinicius was busy, he did well at points, um, Silver and Koulibaly and Chalabar, you know, the one thing they want is someone to stand in front of them. They don't want anyone to run in behind. And it just looked very comfortable from their point of view across the back. Because they did start with a back five. Um, but I got it wrong. Um, also, I managed to miss all three goals last night. No way. But don't ask me how. Uh, the first two goals was uh, was just toilet breaks. <laughs> and then it got to about 1-1, 20 minutes left. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going downstairs again because we need a goal. And I kid you not, I was downstairs within 20 seconds. We scored again. So I thought, right, I'm going to go and see him a seat now because that way no more goals. We win. Job done. Go at half time, they say. <laughs> oh, this is it. Um, but yeah, I might repeat the trick next game. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think the, I think the curse of Fogden's also been broken because I, I noticed he was there in the in the um, the cottage with his with his dad doing his old YouTube vlogs. Um, and I think usually when he attends a Fulham game, he's watching the opposition win against us. Um, but it was great to see him actually watch a um, a quality Fulham game for once. Yeah, and we're not here to sort of plug his YouTube channel or no, plug him at all. all. Um, but I thought to the um, hammy end. Don't subscribe to Fogden. <laughs> his <laughs> bias, his, his his opinions on Fulham are very biased. But that's another conversation we can have another time. To be fair, that video we done, I thought was very informative. It's, I actually enjoyed it. I got home yeah, and definitely. I just saw it, and I thought, oh, this is quite interesting. And he took. He took you around the cottage. A lot of people wouldn't have seen it unless you've done the uh, the cottage tour or you've been privileged enough to sit up there. Um, and I thought it was quite a good video. Uh, but yeah, we will move on to Vinicius. Now, we spoke about it in the last pod. Uh, Thomas was actually vocal and very passionate about the uh, the criticism he was getting. It was definitely not warranted. Um, it was definitely over the top. And Thibaut, last night, he certainly silenced a lot of critics, didn't he? He's gone down in cult. He's, he's a cult hero now. I, I know Thomas isn't here, but I'm going to have to agree with him on this one. Um, oh, shock. <laughs> Hold the front page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vinicius, he, he was unreal. Um, his overall play on and, um, on and off the ball was impressive. Um, his movement, I think... He, he did really well for that sh- when Bobby hit the um, the crossbar um, in the first half. He did really well there. Of course, he got his goal. Um, postage stamp Mitrovic header, Mitrovic style header, I should say. Um, and, and yeah, just everything went to plan. Um, I think he should be really impressed. Of course, we've we've seen glimmers of what he can produce, um, such as the second half of the Man United game, the um, obviously the friendly against West Ham, but. I think yesterday was probably his best performance in a Fulham shirt. He got his first goal, sent what one, what arguably one of the most important derbies in for, for Fulham in general, really, um, and and wrote his name into the um, the Fulham folklore, as they say. Um, but yeah, overall, um, I don't think anyone could can really criticise him anymore. Um, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with him loading or moving away in January, but I think Silver has 
has faith in him. Um, he's now got and now he's got a goal behind him. I think he's now more confident. Mm. Um, and I think we'll definitely see him um, play for us until the summer um, and beyond, because um, as Silva's made it clear, he's not willing to make many changes. Um, and rightly so. You know, I think last night <laughs> he gets the winner in a in an SW6 derby, and his celebration said it all. I think the relief that just sort of come out of him, you, you could see it. Uh, I think he celebrated, I think, three different, on three different occasions. Um, but yeah, it was a piece of delivery from Andreas. Oh, absolutely. I, I have absolutely no idea what the goalkeeper was doing now. Um, <laughs> I've heard a few people call him Dracula, scared of crosses. <laughs> um, it's what you expect. <laughs> but look, he, he was in the right position. He was in the right place, right time. And all he had to do was just, Head of it in the net, you know, it's pretty much an open goal. But yeah, he kept going. He never gave up. Um, and what I thought was quite funny, I think in the 86, 87th minute, uh, Kepa tried to push past him uh, to sort of get on a counter attack. And he just stood there and he went, No, nah, not today, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to go around me. I'm not moving anywhere. Okay. <laughs> but this should hopefully now, you know, in the past, we've been bitten by writing off players too early. Um, and I think a lot of people did that with William in the summer before he even kicked the ball. Um, they've done it with Vinicius. And again, you know, before the World Cup, he was making 15, 20-minute cameos. So he's not going to get that game time. He knows he's second fiddle to Mitrovic. Um, and all we can ask for him is when Mitrovic isn't playing, that he comes in and he does a job. And I think he's done that He's done that pretty well. Absolutely. Um, the question I have for you, Alan. Um, we should have, we should have really mentioned this in the preview, but of course, Willian facing his former club it was at Chelsea for seven years, wasn't it? I think. Um, was it inevitable he would he would have scored against his old club? Oh, of you... course, it was written in the stars. Absolutely. I, I think if you could ask any Chelsea fan, um, and unfortunately, I have a fair few friends um, <laughs> living sort of in the close proximity of that rubbish stadium near Fulham Broadway, <laughs> as well as Craven Cottage. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they just sort of knew it was going to happen. And it was... The one thing I would say is he should have celebrated. I know he did out of respect. Yeah, respect to him for it. No, no, absolutely not. What he should have done is he should have done a Nadabayor, run the whole length of the pitch, knee slide in front of the Chelsea fans, and just went, yeah, I'm the man. Uh, but I would have liked to see um, Vinicius do his knee slide, but he did his postage stamp um, Mbappe type style thing. Um, I think I think a knee slide suited the occasion a bit better than just standing there. Yeah, or even run over and kick the corner flag, or do something. Yeah, <laughs> at least at least the ball boy got a high five out of it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but look, for the first time since uh, 1966, and what a year that was as well for English football. We won four consecutive games in the top flight of English football. Chibo, just how lucky are we to have someone like Marco Silva in charge? Well, he is a genius, as as we know now. Um, hugely impressed, impressive run of results. Um, no, no sign of stopping really. Um, we've we've done really well. Um, we've managed to push push through and get results out of games where we didn't deserve anything. Um, well, we did deserve stuff just poorer performances than usual 
um, and we've we've made a statement start to 2023, um, and we've beaten our local rivals in the process. So yeah, he um he's amazing, and I think a lifetime contract is is required. <laughs> um, but yeah, his his way of playing, his togetherness that he brings to the team is it's working. Um, the team plays as a collective. When one person makes a mistake, it's a mistake for the entire team to rectify. And his overall man- management of of the club and the game is is amazing. I don't. I, I can't really critique it. Critique it in any way. Um, and yeah, um, let's hope long may it continue and um, see how his influence on on our transfer window in January and in the summer it alters our progress throughout the rest of this season and next season as well. Yeah, and we have mentioned this a fair few times now on the pod, but massive kudos to the Khans and um, Ali Mack for getting Marcus Silva through the door. Um, you know, when we was looking for a manager, I don't think there would have been many fans sort of expecting or even crying out for Marcus Silva after the the three occasions he had in, in England before. But I think we've got him at the right time. He's He's here to prove a point. He's here to make a statement and ultimately, you know, his name was tarnished. So, and that's another reason why I'm not worried about him leaving or moving to a bigger club because there's a project here he's building alongside Absolutely. the likes of um, Boa Morte. Um, it's benefiting us as a club because it seems as if Tony Khan has stepped back a little bit. Um, and I think that's clear to see, although he still has some say. I don't think he has much of a say as he did sort of 18, 24 months ago. Um, yeah, it, the club's just in such a good place at the minute. I, I'm, I'm still pinching myself. Yeah, it, it's just like, well, you know, we're currently four points of the Champions League. Four points of the Champions League. And it's the 13th of January. It's a pinch me type of moment. Well, this is it. If someone said that to you before a ball was kicked against Liverpool... Yeah, you'd sort of want to know if they were right, <laughs> if they were feeling all right, and if they were in a good place. Um, but yeah, it's just the the biggest sort of compliment I can pay to Marco Silva is, you know, a sign of a good manager is getting the most and improving average players. Now we do have a couple of players which you could sort of call average players, but he takes them to the next level. Um, like Robinson, for example, um, you know, he's not always been consistent for us, but he's transformed him. And I suppose he's probably, even Tim Ream, he was written off. Um, but are we sort of getting too ahead of ourselves if we think, right, let's sort of secure a top, top 10 finish now? Well, I mean, top 10 finish, I think, is definitely something we can, we can strive to achieve and I think we will achieve. Um, but Silva's obviously constantly making it clear that the overall, um, the overall, um, what's, what am I thinking of? Um, the overall project, like result of this season, or I, I don't know if my words made sense there. Yeah. yeah, the overall aim of this season is to stay in the Premier League, um, hmm. and in a few, in like three, I think it's three, we're three wins away from from reaching that. That ultimate forty line, forty mark, forty point mark. Oh, this, this, I can't speak. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, 
whether our um, our aim shifts after after we do secure promotion, not promotion, um, safety. safety. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long day. <laughs> yes, the alcohol has a morning um, Whether whether our aims do um, do shift after that, we'll see. But I think for now, the mindset of the players is is Premier League survival, um, which we are very very close and almost certainly going to achieve which I'm very, very happy about. I, th- I saw um, before the podcast started, the um, Cottage Analytica posted their good old Mo- Monte Carlo um, um, post um, with updated things. I think it's now 0% relegation or like a one in 10,000th chance of us getting relegated, which is very, very um, nice to hear. Um, so yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm not going to rule out Champions League. Well, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to dream Champions League. I'm not going to rule out Europa League. I'm not going to rule out Conference League, and I think we will secure top ten finish. I hope so because you know it is still very tight from I suppose sixth down to eighteenth. Yeah, um, we have a good sort of gap between us and the kind of the where it's all kind yeah, of and there's a lot of teams. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a cracker come the end of the season, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limit and say there's not a chance that we get relegated this season. Not a chance. There is, there is no chance we get relegated after this. <laughs> no, we, the word relegation will not be on any podcast between now and the end of the season, if I have my way. Yep. <laughs> we, need to, we need to think about, you know, get that top 10 finish. And it'll be interesting to see what sort of window we have in these last sort of two weeks, two and a half weeks. Because if we go out and we spend money, I think that's a clear indication that the board, the management, they all believe we can achieve something big this season. And whether that's, you know, 10th for us is huge. And every place you go up, you get more money from it. Mm. And, and if for any reason, you know, 7th to Conference League, it'd be huge for us. Um, the competition where we could possibly win as well. Oh, this is, exactly. And, you know... Europe, the standard of European teams in, in that league is... Like, oh, I've never heard of half of them. I know. Maybe, well, just make sure your passport's ready, Silva. <laughs> <laughs> we're going on another European tour, but let, we're forgetting about the FA Cup as well a little bit. You know, mm. we've got Sunderland in the next round. And then you're looking into the fifth round. And, you know, I think Arsenal are being drawn against Man City. I think Liverpool have drawn... Is it Liverpool awards have got Brighton? Yeah. I know, I know United have got Reading, but you look at it and you go, well... If we can get a few more favourable draws before you know it, we're in a semi-final and we're at Wembley. Yes, again, we're looking too far ahead of ourselves, but mm. you know, every game we've played this season, bar Newcastle, really, we've been in. Um, and we've been in, we've probably been a better team for the majority of them as well. Definitely. I think it's also interesting. We're at the halfway stage of the season now. And I think I've mentioned it before, but every single team below us, apart from West Ham, we've either beaten or drawn with. And every team above us, Spurs, Man United, Newcastle, City and Arsenal, we've either, we've lost to. Um, so I think that really shows something like how, how we've done. And in all fairness, we played Arsenal, City, Newcastle, or we played all of those top five teams before the World Cup, um, which does pose the question, how, how would have we gone about those games are now, now if we played them after the World Cup? Um, because obviously there seems to have been a bit of a 
a defensive shift, which has obviously led to us more wins, more clean sheets and stuff. So, of course, we've still got, we're at the halfway stage of the season. We've had a really successful half. We're now moving into the second half of the season and I'm looking forward to get getting going, really. Um, more of the same, definitely lots of winnable games and let's hope we can collect six points from, from the majority of teams um, that are below us. That would be good. Um, but we have a... It's something to settle on Sunday, um, but we're going to do a podcast for that tomorrow night. So that will be released tomorrow, which will be the Newcastle preview. But just touching back on last night, um, it's clear to see Chelsea are in crisis. They're in turmoil. Um, it, basically, Chelsea are going back to what they were before the, the money laundering came in um, <laughs> from Mr. <laughs> Abramovich. Um, so this is what Chelsea was. Um, for all the young young people out there that don't remember Chelsea when they were crap. Um, and they're going back to what they were, which is brilliant to see. Um, as Dan pointed out before he had to do a runner, you know, <laughs> normal services resumed in West London. You know, Absolutely. we are the king West of the crop. Right. Um, but how much are you enjoying the demise of Chelsea Football Club? It's interesting, <laughs> really, because, of course, Chelsea rivals... Yeah, um, it's obviously not. It, obviously, when a club like that, it's it's obviously good to see to see them struggling a little bit. Um, I will say that with a bit of a bias. A little bit. They're struggling well, hugely. I've got, to be, I've, I've got to be evaluative here, so I'm not going to just take one side. But at the same time, you do have to feel for Chelsea because, of course, two seasons ago they won the Champions League. Hold on a minute. Whoa, whoa. Let me stop you there, Trevor. No, no. Come on. <laughs> feel for Chelsea. Come on. Feel All right, for, I'll reword that. I feel reword that. Come on. Potter. I feel for Graham <laughs> Potter a little bit because, of course, he he's come into the yeah. Chelsea side. The Chelsea don't Chelsea team don't don't seem to have much belief whatsoever. They're not playing as one unit. They're playing all. They're playing for themselves, and that, that there's no real connection between their defensive backline and any other like element of them, and any other sort of body on the pitch. It's like they're all playing separately. There's there's no sort of belief. Um, and they're not playing for the badge, and therefore Potter's struggling to get kind of get hold of this. He's got all the gear, but and he's a great manager, but he's struggling to kind of make make progress with it. Um, mm. Of course, he's he was a top manager at Brighton. Still does. I still do pose the question to my to whether he should have stayed at Brighton, which I personally think he should have because he's a brilliant manager, yeah. and he was really he was re- like Silver is doing here. He was really building something there. Um, of course, Brighton now got Deserby, he's doing all right. Um, but I think since he's arrived at Chelsea, he's struggled to kind of get hold of a team that was already on the downward spiral and it's not really ended well. Um, no matter how many additions they're adding, obviously, Jao Felix, bit of an unfortunate well, I say unfortunate is a stupid tackle and he's now suspended for three games. We can't complain. Um, 1.8 million a game he let, they're losing. I know he's, he's, he's six month loans now turn into a five month loan, which is quite funny. And he misses uh, Fulham again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, even better. Might even do the six pointer over Chelsea. You never know. That would be Please. that would be story of the season. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, I actually agree with you on the Graham Potter aspect. Hmm. I see the thing is when you play for one of those big clubs. A lot of the players are egotistical. You know, a lot yeah. of them are as good as they are because they have huge egos. Now, if you're the likes of, I don't know, Kai Havertz or, you know, Silva, although he seems to be still doing a good job, but a lot of those Chelsea players, if you're 
going to be managed by someone from Brighton? You know, are you really going to want to go, right, let's take this to the next level? I don't think he's mm. actually being helped by the American owner that's came in. Yeah, he's not getting the backing that he needs. Like, no. there's, definitely, there's definitely room for him to build something there. And I think if that what the fans and the players need to give him is time. And I do mm. emphasize that a lot because, of course, he's getting a little bit of stick online. But I do feel for Potter. He needs time and he needs backing from the board and the players. And then they'll start moving up the table. Um, I hope they don't. Obviously, hope they don't for, for our benefit. But of course, it will be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, they've got this network like, halfway as I said earlier halfway through the season second half of the season could be a revelation um but Potter needs time and the players need to play for the badge if they want to um start winning yeah they are hit by a lot of injuries as well yeah oh um, yeah we can't just we can't yeah we have to yeah, you can't ignore that yeah you can't know, ignore that definitely I think a lot of their first teams or first team is a, are out um I, I, to be fair, the only thing I do feel sorry for him a little bit is having to watch the likes of Kai Havertz pretending he's a good footballer. <laughs> he'd infuriate me. I think last yeah, night, yeah. last night there was an instance where he was being chased by Paulinho, and I think he caught a glance that it was Paulinho for nah, I don't want any of it. So he actually, I think he kicked the ball out of play. Yeah, I think he missed <laughs> it, and then his dribble just ran out of play. It's it quite, it quite comedic. But for me, Graham Potter, he's an English, you know. He's a, poten- he's a potential England manager in the making. Um, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that once Southgate does leave the England role, I know we're sort of moving on to England here, but Graham Potter is someone that, for me personally, I want to see take charge of England. Um, I actually saw a picture on t- uh, Twitter earlier and you saw Potter in his first game in charge. And then you saw him last night and you just... Oh, said, I saw that. It was really powerful. Wow. It made me feel. It actually made me feel sorry for Potter. Yeah, like and you can tell he's trying so hard. He's trying his best, but when you've got a team of Chelsea players, yeah, <laughs> as bad as it sounds, it's yeah. it's much more of a harder task than what it seems. Yeah, the issue is the owners come in and he's made himself in charge of transfers. Now that rings a bell, doesn't it? And we know exactly how bad that can be. Um, it's I just don't get them as a football club. At, the, at this moment in time, you know, mm. not last night I was excited going to the game. I was nervous, but then in reality, it's like, well, the form they're on, the state the club's in, the fans are in turmoil. We should not should win, but I'd be disappointed if we didn't win. And that's crazy to think coming up against any Chelsea side. If you want to be yeah. neutral for for five minutes, Definitely. but um, I suppose Thibaut. On the well, over the course of ninety nine minutes, I think it was that we played. Give us your man the match. Ooh, it's, it's a difficult one because, as I said right at the start, there were ten out of ten performances all over the place. Um, I'll have to give an honourable mention to Leno again. Another blinder of a game kept us in it. Important saves throughout the entirety of the game, and yeah, overall unreal. Um, another honourable mention, obviously, William. He was unreal on the wing. I think he did really well. Of course, he got his goal um, and his overall play. I think that left flank just works so well with William and Robinson. Yeah, um, There's definitely something brewing there, which is causing all sorts of problems for teams. Um, 
to pick my man of the match, it's oh, it's a really difficult one, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Fulham gave it to Andreas Pereira. Um, I'm I'm going to give it to Carlos Vinicius. I think. Um, I think, as we touched on earlier, I think I was really impressed with how he stepped up to this massive occasion and ultimately won us the game. Um, a, a, an overall great performance. Couldn't couldn't critique it in any way. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I think I'd go for him as my man of the match. <clears throat> yesterday but of course as I said honourable mentions to Pereira, Willian and Leno Yeah and you mentioned Fogden again I don't know why I'm saying I don't know why I'm plugging him um, <laughs> plugging his video get him on the podcast. <laughs> he actually recorded uh, Mitrovic's reaction after the Vinicius goal I know and he looked elated he looked so happy now very wholesome that just describes him as a professional doesn't it you've got someone playing in your position they've just potentially scored the winner at the time, which it turned out to be it was. And he's up, he's celebrating, he's happy. Now, that's just that just tells me, look, Mitrovic is going nowhere, ever. Yeah, I know. Um, the statue's being made as we speak. It just shows the togetherness of the team and what Silva's building. Exactly. And I suppose for me, my man in the match last night, I'm going to have to give it to Leno. Um, now, that sounds quite negative, the fact we're giving the goalkeeper the man of the match. I just think he made three crucial saves at crucial times as well. Um, yeah. The one that sticks out for me was the one uh, Lewis Hall. Uh, I think it was at the beginning of yeah, the first that. half. He was free at the back post. I don't know how we had so much space. And he just managed to get his foot down in the way and just think, okay, we just seem so much more relaxed, so much more karma when we have someone like Leno in goal. A little um, stat here on the topic of Leno. He made nine saves last night and no player has made more in a single Premier League match this season. And he now ranks second for overall saves in the Premier League this season behind David Rea on 76 saves. It's an unbelievable stat. The £3 million, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, that will, that will rise to eight. It's definitely going to rise to eight. And definitely. I think we mentioned it um, at the start of the season. You know, I hope it rises to eight because it shows we've stayed up. It shows we've done good things. Um, but if, you know, if someone would have said to you, he cost 18 million before a ball was kicked, you'd still say, yeah, fine. But mm. on, whoever pulled that signing off for three million rising to eight, I take my hat off to you. Absolutely. Yes, Paulinho will be the signing of the season. In my opinion, he's already got that. Um, the, in terms of the business and the cost, I think Leno will be one of the signings of the summer for anyone in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, honestly, Thibaut, just final words before we wrap up the podcast. Oof, final honestly, words. Final uh, words, come on. How do I put it into words? Um, we're sick. Chelsea are in turmoil. Happy weekend. <laughs> and bring on Newcastle. <laughs> I think you've summed it up pretty perfectly, to be yeah, honest. But yeah, yeah. see, for me, it was the second time I've seen us beat, beat Chelsea. Um, the first time was satisfying. Uh, I actually took my son to the game last night. And I, I, said, I reminded him once that final whistle went just how lucky he is 
because at the age of eight, we was in Division Two, um, going to places like Luton. Um, <laughs> and the, the, the style of football wasn't as good as it is now, um, but he's seen a lot more than I did at eight. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, a special night, which a lot of fans were witnessing us beat them for the first time. Drink it in. Yeah, and Cromer Cottage under the lights, is, it's special. There's no place like it in world football. Um, Absolutely. I don't, no place I, like home. There isn't. Um, and honestly, the club is in such a great place. And you can always tell when a club's in a great place because social media is not hostile. Um, I think when, when we're doing bad or we're, not, we're going through a bad run, I think social media can become a bit of a, a hostile place to be. And you see a lot of uh, little nitty-picky arguments through, you know, through passion, through disagreements. But it's just so nice to see. Um, but look, we have three more months, four more months of this. A lot more podcasts coming up, Tibbo. Um, Thomas will be back at some point. Dan will be back if he stopped being chased by the Chelsea fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Might have escaped, you never know. <laughs> but look, have a, a great weekend. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow night with the Newcastle preview. I hope people's sore heads aren't as sore as they are. Uh, they were this morning, but yeah. in, enjoy it. The whole, you know, hold the memories because we're going to do it again in three weeks' time. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a good one. You too.